Hey, Teresa, have you finished your research? I'm still working out the details. Don't worry. I'm sure it will all come out in the wash. It's manners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing fine, too. It's always nice when we can have this weekly checkup in front of all <laughs> of our listeners. You know, what have you been up to? What do you do today? It seems that uh, unless we're recording a podcast, really only the only thing we talk about is the baby. Well, the baby's very fascinating. She says, oh, her stories are amazing. <laughs> They're incredible. Did you know she was there at the moon landing when they faked it? Oh, I mean, right. oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was the first baby to crawl on the moon. Um, <clears> So <throat> this is a... a I was about to say, this is a new episode. Like, uh, you know, we're not re-airing an old episode, I guess. <laughs> um, first and foremost, big announcement. Uh, we'll mention this at the end of the show, too. But Teresa and I are going to be on the Joko cruise this year. The Jonathan Colton cruise. Uh, well, not this year. The upcoming Joko cruise, I should say. Because it's in February of 2018. And there are still cabins available. You can still join us on that cruise. Um, a week-long cruise Plus, add on top of your regular cruise fun, it's going to be filled with comedy and music and podcasts and writers. And we're going to be there. Iron Mike Eagle, Gene Gray, John Hodgman, Amy Mann, Patrick Rothfuss, Paul and Storm, all kinds of amazing, amazing personalities. Uh, you can get all the details at jococruise.com, J-O-C-O cruise.com. We hope to see you there. Um, so, Teresa. Yes. This week we're talking about laundromats. Yes, we are. And I think that it is worth mentioning that as far as a uh, division of labor in our house, Travis does all the laundry. I love doing laundry. Well, you mostly do the laundry. I would say that you do 85% because you don't fold or put away my laundry. Uh, no, I let you do your own. We have our own folding styles. I fold differently from you. I every have... time, every no, Let's air this out. Let's air our dirty, clean laundry now. Every time I've ever folded Teresa's stuff, she goes back through and refolds it. Well, so now I just stop I mean, let you do it. Yes, but on occasion, I do fold and put away your laundry. Well, that's because you're better at folding than I am. I, I'm. I worked uh, many clothing retail. Well, actually, now only I one think, clothing I think that job. we could solve this if you would just fold the clothes the way I like them. But the way you do it is wrong, and the way I do it is lazy. So I'd rather do it lazy than wrong. Yeah, but if you just if you would just fold them the way I want you to, then I wouldn't have to refold them. When I worked uh, at Lands End doing clothing. I was always the first to volunteer to work the register. And people would be like, why are you doing register? I hate register. Because doing register means I didn't have to go through and straighten clothes and refold anything. Yeah. Um, but yes, so I love doing laundry. I like the process because um, it is very clear cut. I like the organization of it. Um, I also like that there's a lot of free time when you do laundry because you're only really doing stuff for like one-tenth of the time you're doing laundry. Well, then you can do because stuff of the between. machine. Yeah, exactly. So I can do stuff in between, uh, starting a load, then go do other things and come back and continue the load. 
um, which to transition, we have uh, alternated throughout different places we've lived, whether we had uh, laundry in the house or whether we needed a laundromat. I mean, of course, in college, I was either using a laundromat, the dorm laundromat, or whatever, like the washing machine situation was mm -hmm. in the apartments I lived in. So I've got a lot of experience in this one. I've never worked at a laundromat, and that is, um, there are lots of people who do that, but I've used them. You have patronized. Oh, I've patronized them quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes right down to it, I remember when we were living uh, at our first apartment, when we lived in L.A., the first L.A. apartment, um, there was laundry on site at the apartment, but also like two blocks down was a laundromat we could walk to. And oftentimes I would just go use the laundromat instead of waiting for the laundry at our apartment to be open. Or mm -hmm. if we had, you know, needed to wash sheets and blankets and stuff. Yeah. Oversized loads. Yeah. That kind of thing. It was sometimes more convenient to just go do three or four loads at a time rather than process through a bunch of individual loads um, and that's my history of laundry. I hope <laughs> you've all found it as fascinating as I did. Well, so here's something that was very interesting to me. When do you think that the scrub board or the, or the washboard as we know it was invented? Huh? I would say early 1800s. Really? Yeah. Well, you're a lot closer than I thought than you, that you would be and a lot closer than I thought that it was it was invented in 1797 um why did, did let's you think, think it'd about be earlier that. or later no i thought it'd be so much earlier i thought it would be so much earlier because before you had like a washboard and mm -hmm. i guess that people maybe used something akin to a washboard maybe but like i guess you just have to beat your clothes against rocks well what i remember is um, God, I, this shouldn't be a reference point because I don't know how historical this is. But there is a um, Three Musketeers movie where there's like a laundry room and basically it's just like a big tub and they're basically just stirring it by hand. So agitation. Yeah. yeah. So basically you just see like them with big paddles kind mm -hmm. of stirring these huge tubs and then just hanging it up. Which I think dry. works sort of if maybe your clothes aren't super dirty yeah if you put enough oxyclean in there it'll probably be <laughs> fine i've never used i have no idea if it's actually effective in any way but the commercials make me think it will turn your red shirts white yes. it's amazing but like if your clothes are super dirty you're gonna need more than just stirring it like you would a, a you know a pot of macaroni well especially when you come to like disinfecting i know lots of people who like work in any kind of medical industry where they like have scrubs and stuff that they have to clean at super high temperatures and you know in special cycles to disinfect and you know uh what's the word i'm looking for um <gasps> sterilize okay. that was the i got there yeah so thanks, then Brian. um so 1797 i felt was was a very long time for anyone to just not worry about how are we going to scrub these things. Do you want to know another way that I informed my guys? Bluegrass music. When people played the the washboard and used it, you know, thimbles on your fingers to make like a percussive, almost like snare drum. Hmm. That kind of sound. I, hmm, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, I got to sneak up on impressions. It's the only way I can do them. Um, but like I, I picture that as like, 
um, you know, 1850s, 1860s. So I figured it had to be around before that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, not mm-hmm. interesting how I came to my guess, but I'm pretty proud of it. Um, so once the washboard was invented, it actually was able to clean clothes without damaging the fabrics as much. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, you didn't have to use as high temperatures. You didn't have to boil your clothes. Um, you didn't have to scrub them against or like beat them against a rock. So it, it also increased the longevity of clothing that you were able to wear. Which um, had to be good because, I mean, I think we're all spoiled by this now that I can go on Amazon.com and order a pack of T-shirts. But like when it came down to it, most people probably had like, uh, you know, your common everyday person, one or two outfits. If and, that. Yeah. And like you probably did a lot of laundry naked, not, you know, out of necessity, out of like washing the stuff that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the idea of like if you wanted to keep your clothes longer, like it was very important because it wasn't like, oh, my favorite T-shirt's ruined. It was like this is the only shirt I had you probably had like one set of clothes you wore six days a week and one set of clothes you wore to church yep um so then in 1851 an American named James King patented the first washing machine to use a drum Right, I, so I'm like picturing like a, a drum, circular... like a like not a bingo wheel. What's the raffle thing where you reach in, you pull out, you know, card. like a trombola. Sure, I think I think that's an Italian sandwich, but sure, <laughs> um, that's stromboli. Mm, no, tomato, tomato. But like that, was it hand cranked? Uh, the first rotary washing machine, right? So that's like a hand crank. Was 1858 by Hamilton Smith. Okay. I bet, just guessing, those early washers, but there was lots of spills and leaks and stuff. I bet they were like, we kept 50% of the liquid in there. Success. Um, This Hamilton Smith machine was, uh, like I said, hand-powered. And did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, hand-powered. And it was capable of reversing the rotation, which is, you know, pretty cool. Which makes a lot of sense. If you've ever watched Laundry, which I do, I'm get fascinated and zone out watch it. it can be a very mesmerizing experience it does rotate especially when you're doing like a spin cycle because basically after a while you build up that force can't remember if it's centripetal or centrifugal anyways you build up that force and everything kind of gets plastered against it mm-hmm. and you need to kind of like turn it the other way to get it going, the other move everything around, agitate it around instead of basically just spinning. You know what I mean? You got to right. reposition everything. Um, and the 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 thing that I think really helped out the washing machine is the idea of a ringer, mm-hmm. right? So things you didn't have to like have something completely drip dry. You could wring it out, and you could do that by hand. I mean, if you wanted to wring that out had to every be bad for clothes though, because you sat there and twisting. twisted it, right? Yeah. That's got to be bad for the fibers and stuff. Uh, the first dryer, the first washer with an incorporated ringer was patented in 1843, but in 1861 was when washers actually had attached clothes ringers okay. appear on the market. Um, so you might say that was the first washer-dryer combo. 
I guess you could. I wish everyone could see how proud Teresa is. I thought that was. It's very good. No, it's very good. You are right. That was. I. You know what? I'll say it. That was the first washer dryer combo. There. I'll give the. I'll agree with you. That sound good. (laughs) All right. Um. So one one more thing about washing machines is the first electric powered washing machine. Let me guess. Can I guess? Sure. 1938. Nope. 1908. Whoa, really? Yeah. That's way earlier than I would have guessed. Um, so the the machine that was the beginning of this, so there was the electric powered one called the Thor, Whoa. which was introduced by the Hurley Machine Company in Chicago, Illinois. Um, it was a drum type washing machine with a galvanized tum and tub and an electric motor. Um, but just before that, in 1874, there's a man in Indiana who has who created the first washing machine designed for in-home use in named William Blackstone, and he built it himself as a present for his wife. Oh. Who apparently did the laundry in their home. That was very cool of him. Yeah. Um, so at this time... Laundry machines are starting to get smaller, easier to use, made from, uh, you know, electric models. Uh, Before this, they could be hand-powered or steam-powered, some of them. Um, But for a very long time, the only way to dry your clothes was to hang dry or to uh, kind of rotisserie style. Yeah, you were telling me about... Over a fire. So basically, you said the first, like, drum dryer mm-hmm. was basically just a cylinder with holes in it that you rotated over an open flame yep you rotisserie your clothes i bet a lot of accidents with that one just a guess a lot of like oh my pants well oh, my house <laughs> i wonder okay. i wonder if there's any etymology to that and liar liar pants on fire hmm I don't know. I didn't. I didn't research that. I didn't. You know, kind of. <laughs> you kind of make a connection, right? If any etym- et- etymologists, linguists, is etymology bugs? <laughs> oh no! Um, but if anybody knows, let me know. Why are our pants on fire? Does it have to do with fire dryers? I I don't know. Um, so at this point, um, pretty much, if you were rich. You either owned a washing machine or you paid someone to wash your laundry. Um, and if you weren't, you probably used like a hand cranked machine. And this is like 1900s. Was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it stayed pretty much the same until the Great Depression. So in the 1930s um, in Fort Worth, Texas, there was the first laundromat, which was known at the time as a washateria. I love that. Like cafeteria. Yeah, no, I get it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so you would pay by the hour to use the store's electric coin-operated machines. Um, and this was, you know, this is a luxury of, of washing your clothes in a time when a lot of people couldn't really afford any luxury. Well, that's what's great is and the reason that places like cafeterias and washatoriums or whatever washateria the reason it's great is like because it provides this middle ground between like being able to afford your own 
washer dryer Mm -hmm. and not. And it's like, well, rather than just be a one or the other choice, now you only have to be able to afford to use them, but we will provide the machinery, you know? And I, right. I also, if I remember correctly, after the Great Depression is also when we start to see like the rise of the middle class. And like, this is where I start to think of that idea of like, it's not just super rich and poor, that there is an in-between of like, there's other options. Um, and in the 50s, the, the concept of public laundry really took off um, because uh, they and invested in a lot of these extra services, right? So you could do dry cleaning, mm-hmm. wash and fold, tailoring, um, and things like that. Uh, in... 1949, very close to the 50s, was when the first UK uh, self-service laundrette, is what they are called, uh, was opened. Um, There was a place in Huntington that was a combination bar laundromat. I want to say... Bar laundromat. Like, you would basically go, and while you were doing your laundry, have a beer at the bar and huh. like you know watch the sports games or throw the darts or play the pool while you drank the beers and take your laundry it was a big it was right across the street from the college so it was uh, a big uh college hangout yeah that makes sense i think it, i would i might do more laundry if i could go have a beer while i can't I remember what laundry. it was called me and my friends always referred to it as the buds and suds I the can't buds. remember. I can't remember what <laughs> that's the, not what it was called. I they, don't think so. They really missed an opportunity there. Um, again, these places uh, often had uh, extra services, um, ironing, dry cleaning. People just you would drop off your clothes and and people would wash it for you. So. A lot of places still do that now. They too. do. They There's, do. A lot of places that will do like by the pound cost to do your laundry and you come back and it's all folded up and they just hand it back to you. Right. Um, so modern laundry facilities still use the coin operated machines. Uh, but obviously, as technology has advanced, the machines have become better and better. We have high efficiency washers, uh, front loaders or top loaders that use less water, less soap. I also went to a laundromat in L.A. uh, regularly where rather than coin operated, you basically had like a card that you could add money to. Mm -hmm. So that way it was very convenient because you didn't have to worry about like, oh, I spent all my quarters in the parking meters. So you could just go and like use your card and you could put money on it with a credit card. Oh, so there never had to be any cash. Yeah. If you didn't have cash with you, you could use cash. But if you didn't have cash on, you didn't have to make a special trip to the ATM and then use that $20 and turn it into $20 in quarters so you could do one load of laundry. Right. It was very convenient. It was it was a great system. Awesome. Um, but the concept of, I mean, we still, everybody still just got to wash their clothes. There hasn't been any kind of... Um, self-cleaning clothes technology clothes technology no where's that back to the future too Hmm. although they're self-drying clothes (laughs) they are not self-drying or self-washing um but there are advances in technology as far as like uh bacteria bans 
what do you call it? Anti-microbial. Sure. Like, say, MeUndies. Sure. Um, and then also different fabrics that uh, stand up to a lot more wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, and fabrics that dry faster. I, right. Like, do your laundry. You'll notice the difference. Some stuff you get out of the washing machine. And no matter how great the spin cycle is, it still feels wet. It's still, and, like, heavy and dripping. And some stuff you pull out and you never would have guessed that it went through the washing machine. Right. Like towels. Oh, my goodness. Getting towels dry is so hard. Hanging them up. Here's what you do. Oh, okay. You hang them up overnight. Then you dry them on low heat the next day to finish them off so you don't get a little bit of mildew smell. Because towels, very absorbent. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes a little bit extra to get dry. So who knows? Maybe the next thing will be just like Back to the Future where self-cleaning clothes. I Yeah, okay. Listeners, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to ask people to at me on this because this is a question I have. When I was growing up, my mom taught me to do the laundry and we went through the whole separation process of like, well, this is like a light gray so it can go over here and you want to put your blue jeans over here and over here is like your delicates and over here, like whole thing, right? And so that was originally how I learned to do it. But then when I went to college and I had to pay to use the washer and dryer, I just would put everything on cold, cold and wash everything all together. And never once in my life, ever, have I ever had anything bleed or dye my whites red or anything like that. Um, And in fact, I prefer doing it my way now, not only because of convenience, but also rather than do 12 small loads of laundry, do three big loads of laundry and use less water. So like, is, is it a myth? I think detergents have become better. I imagine dyes have become better. I also know, this I do know, if you have just brought home like brand new bright red shirt that is way different from a shirt you have washed 20 times already. Right. Same with like blue jeans or like, a black towel or something like that. So I would never throw a brand new, you know, red shirt in with my white clothes. But like after you wash them a couple times, you've wa- rinsed out any excess dye that was in there. I also think that one of the reasons why that works for you and works for us is because we also don't get our clothes as dirty as people used to. You know, like you are not walking 40 miles in the rain and the soot and it like... I could. You don't know that. Um, but I'm just saying that. You- On a rough day of podcasting, oh, you can work up some real dirt, <laughs> but, some real internet mud. But you aren't. No, I'm not. So, you know, your clothes aren't as dirty. So the cold water is just fine to wash them. Mm-hmm. But if we had some really soiled clothing, we would probably have to wash it a lot hotter. And I will say, uh, uh, anything that gets real bad, you know, and every so often you want to throw your white t-shirts all in together and throw some bleach in there. Just that. People, you know, I really, I know that that's what you do. I don't have a lot of solid white clothing. You mm-hmm. have the solid white t-shirts. I don't recommend bleach. I think it's too caustic. I think that it I deteriorates your clothes. I love the smell of bleach. I don't know what to say. Maybe tell we you. should just get you like a bleach scented candle. I think there's something about bleach that just smells really clean to me. You know, it's like, yeah, take that germs. Okay. Enough about that. Um, let's get to some questions and let's talk about actual laundromat etiquette but first how about some thank you notes and some promos from other max fun shows 
We have a Jumbotron message this week. It is for mom from Charlotte. Dear mom, happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, mom. I love you so much and I'm forever grateful you agreed to listen that night. I casually overrode your objections to this podcasting thing and put Schmanners on out loud in our hotel room. You're now as big a McElroy fan as I am and I couldn't be happier. Love you and hope your week is wonderful. Charlotte. That's so lovely, Charlotte. And Charlotte's mom, I had to assume that now you've listened to Schmanners, you're listening to The Adventure Zone, and My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and the McElroy Brothers will be in Trolls 2. And maybe Rose Buddies. And, and Till Death to Us Blart, and Sawbones, <laughs> maybe and trends like these. Does Still Buffering count as a McElroy we, show? Well, there's a McElroy on it. There yes. is a McElroy on um, it. But thank you. Thank you for giving us a shot. I, I'll try not to let you down. <laughs> She's a mom. She loves us anyway. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> Hey, readers! All of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll help you do it better <laughs> that's cute okay so we have lots of questions let's start with this one this one's okay. from zale how many machines washer and or dryer is it appropriate to use if there's other people but it isn't busy per se like three other people besides you well, as always, it depends upon how many machines there are yeah, in, in the area. Yeah. I really think more than two or three is too many. Three is my max yeah. on a slow day. Because here's the thing. There may not be a lot of people there when you start. But the thing about laundry is, depending on the speed of the washer dryer, it could take an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And at that point, that's plenty of time for people to come in and need to use the machines. Yeah. And while this isn't always a good metric for Schmanners, um, the optics of somebody coming in and you're taking up eight machines is not not great, not a good look. Um, yeah, I think three um, is, is usually my kind of metric. If you're talking like a full-size laundromat, if you're talking about like an apartment complex where there's only three machines... One, one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Just one. I mean, even if it's, even if, um, if there's more apartments than dedicated washers, you only get one. 
Um, Dean asks, I don't use laundrettes, but how does one wait around? Arms crossed, legs crossed, or sat with a paper? <laughs> catching po- that, I, this is a great question, Dean, um, because one of the things I've always had issues with in a laundromat is I think you're supposed to wait. I am incapable of doing that. So, like, I put my clothes in the machine and I leave, but I set timers, so I'm back five minutes before. Right. I the, think as the long cycle's as cycles done, as long as you're back before your machines end, it it's really not that much of a problem. A lot of machines have auto locks; you can't just add clothes or take clothes away but until the cycle's all, done. Not all machines do. Not all that machines is, do. That is a good thing to check before leaving your clothes, and I would say before using, um, before using a laundromat. Mm-hmm. That is something to look for and know that with the auto lock feature, a lot of those, when the cycle ends, the lock ends. So if you're not there to catch, you know, the end of your cycle, people could steal your clothes or move your clothes or anything. Sometimes right. there are prankster kids who would like open your thing and throw a, you know, a marker in there or something to ruin your clothes. So what? I mean, I'm sure that that happens. It's never happened to me, but I could see that happening. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, I think in the ideal, I think you're supposed to wait around. I think mostly because they want you to be there to move your clothes and not like go home and you fall asleep on the couch and, um, and a lot of places have seats that you can sit in while your clothes are washing. Uh, A lot of places have televisions, um, that usually in my experience, People don't mind if you change the channel, if you have something specific that you'd like to watch. Um, and you, if you are going to sit and wait, and you really should, um, maybe get to know the people around you. I think if it's a good... If you want to. I mean, like I said, maybe. Maybe you'll become a regular and see the same people over and over. We had... There were some... What was that? There was a guy who you saw several times at a, one of our... Oh, no, I saw him once. I just recognized the guy from a TV show I like. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you um, saw him a couple times. Uh, and I, I will say to that point, we also got a question. Oh, I'm going to click down through. Blah blah. Oh, this is from Mac. Is it weird to try to strike up conversation with other people waiting for their laundry to be done? I don't think so. But in general, my advice is always, if you strike up a conversation with someone, do it um, gauging their response. And if mm-hmm. you ask them a question and they respond in very short and like they turn back to whatever they were doing, this person is not interested in striking up conversation with you. And the reverse of that, if you go to the laundromat and don't want to start a conversation, headphones are your best friend. Take them with you. Plug them into something. <laughs> um, but to jump back to another I love question. that scene in uh, Dr. Horrible where they talk about their the friends at the laundromat and... Uh, I mean, I guess there are several scenes because mm-hmm. they meet there a lot. My favorite line in that is uh, Penny says, what about your clothes? And he, I'm, I'm, I don't like these. To the same question, uh, Maximilian asked, how does one properly scout out nearby laundromats? And I think uh, to tie it back to the waiting around, do mm-hmm. I have to wait? I would advise that the one closer, the better for me. For that very reason. Right, because of, you don't stay. Exactly. So if it's a 20-minute drive to get to your laundromat and the cycle of clothes is only 30 minutes, then, like, what what good is that? Um, 
great if you decide to stay. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be that length one way or another. Might as well be close to you. That said, um, let's see. What's some things you could look for? I mean, cleanliness is definitely always nice. I I really like to go to a facility that actually has a staff, has a, yeah. has somebody there because it it just really helps helps you feel like it's a you know it's not just an abandoned kind of like laundromat well not only that but also having a staff there helps with issues like people leaving their clothes in a dryer that you need to use right where you have somebody to go to like hey this dryer has just been sitting here with these clothes in it for the last like 30 minutes and then they will take care of it for you instead of you having to do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I always, if there's an attendant on duty, even though it is not their job to make sure no one messes with my clothes, I feel a little bit better right. that there's someone there. Um, uh, but I, I think that a uh, good number of machines is always nice if you mm-hmm. can find like, oh, yeah, there's enough here that I feel like I'm not going to have to wait on like a Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock. Different sized machines, yeah, like maybe for like extra, extra big loads. Um, yeah, just in general, I mean, well lit, you know, TVs, it feels nice. Enough parking spaces. Oh, parking is great. Yeah, parking is very important in a laundromat because you have to assume you're bringing in a bunch of clothes. So, mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't want to have to park two blocks away and walk down there. Um, let's see. Another question. Uh, this is from Michael. Is it okay to use the change machine if you just need quarters and have no intention of using the machines at the laundromat? I mean, I guess so. It's They're not going to kick you out for using it. You know, can I tell you something I've always wondered about? Change machines, right? It's not like it takes a cut of your money. So really, the laundromat is probably just paying for the convenience of having a change machine there to make it easier for customers, right? Right. So one, that's bonkers to me that there's this whole industry built off of literally just taking one form of money and turning it into another, but without any exchange rates or any kind of, it's not like going to a bank. I don't know. Anyways, but also you have to think about it this way, Michael, it's getting you in the door of the laundromat. It's there. I think their hope would be like, sure. Come in and use the change machine. Also look at our facilities. Yeah. Isn't this great? Isn't this nice? Wouldn't you feel comfortable doing your clothes here? I wouldn't make a habit of it. Because you can you can you can absolutely take money to a bank and get change, but I don't I don't think that there's any any reason if you're in a bind why not. Um, Jostle fifty five asks, should you ever touch anyone else's clothes? I think that that's what one of the things we mentioned earlier about having a staff uh, for the laundromat. I think that that is the best case scenario. If you find the need for some to move clothes that are not yours, you contact the staff um, and then you don't have to worry about it because they will do it. Um, I think that there is there is an amount of time that if you need a machine, you can move clothes, but you cannot unless you know the person move another person's clothes from a washer to a dryer to dry them Um, because you don't know what kind of clothes they have in there you wouldn't want to be responsible for ruining something Um, so unless you know the person ahead of time and they say would you please do this uh, you cannot move them from a washer to a dryer 
Do you want to know my rule of thumb what of when enough time has passed that you can like take someone's clothes out and put them on top of the machine so you can use it? Okay. Half the time of the cycle. So like if it was a 20 minute washer, 10 minutes after the cycle has ended. It's okay. plenty of window for that person to have come back. Because here's the thing, and this may not be, this may be a little bit more mismanners etiquette than Emily Post etiquette. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, you being inconvenienced because somebody was not there in time to get their clothes, you your time is just as valuable as anyone else's. So if you are waiting and like your clothes have all finished washing and you're waiting for dryers while someone who took up like three machines and they just haven't come back to move their clothes yet like they, at a certain point they are being rude to you and i think that while rude doesn't balance out rude they're already being rude to you mm-hmm. i i like you know i i don't think like hovering over and as soon as the buzzer goes off you move their clothes oh of course not but like after enough time has passed and there's no in- attendant on duty I think that it's like, okay, cool. There's an unspoken rule at the laundromat that if you leave your clothes too long, they're going to get moved from the machine. Like, And I would suggest that you put them in a laundry basket instead of on the folding table because yeah. you're just moving the problem along at that point. Yeah. Uh, because then their clothes are on the folding table and if they're wet, they're making a puddle. Um, and if they're dry, they're in the way of other people who need to have their clothes folded. That I will say, that is an excellent point. If you're going to do this, this is not a retribution thing. You don't take their clothes out and like, throw them on the ground or whatever. Put them in a basket. Put them somewhere close by where they'll find them when they come back. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not doing this to spite them. You're doing it out of necessity. Um, but I think I think that it is reasonable after a certain amount of time. Um, let's see. Next question. Um, Ina asks, folding your clothes in the laundromat, should I take my clothes home and fold them there? Or can I stay to fold when my laundry is done? You can absolutely stay and fold them. That's what the folding tables are for. I would suggest that you wipe down the folding table, um, because you never know what kind of kids butts have been on that table. Um, so I would wipe it down first before you fold your clothes on it. But that's why they're there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Avril asks, my laundromat has one of those services where you pay a dollar per pound to have them wash and fold clothes for you. What should I do when using those? Should I tip them? Are there certain types of laundry I should do on my own separately? It's taking really huge loads in bad. Well, let me answer the last one. If you're paying a dollar per pound, you're paying per pound. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, so it doesn't matter the size. It could be a huge load. It just means you're paying more to do it. Um, a lot of these places are, they operate on good faith. So they don't have like insurance as far as like ruining your clothes. So if you have something that is very special to you, needs very delicate washing, I would not put it in because they're not going to like sort through your clothes before they dump them in a washer. Uh, So that's one of the things I would say not to give them. Also, to that point, check your own pockets. Right. Yep. They're not going to check your pockets for you. Like if there's a tissue in there, there's your chapstick in there. It's going to get all over everything. That's not something that they do. Um, and well, they might. Let, let's be clear. OK. It's not something you should expect them to do. OK. Because, you know, Certainly. maybe you get an attendant who's like really on their game and they, you know, yeah. take a lot of pride in their up. Cool. But don't that, expect that. That would be a situation in which I would tip. Yeah. I think if you came back and it's like, oh, my God, this looks amazing. You did everything. Everything looks great. 
Yeah, throw them five bucks, you know? Yeah. Especially, like, you're paying, right? But you're also, you're paying for the convenience, but somebody who takes a lot of pride in their job and is very pleasant to work with and super great, yeah, I would tip. Um, I I generally, people who offer services, I, I tip, and I think that that's the American way. Um, the American way! <laughs> and I also think that if you expect to get high-quality service, tipping is a way to get that service. Especially if you're going to use that service multiple times, mm-hmm. and you want to build a relationship with this person and with this place. Absolutely. I mean, that shouldn't be your only reason for tipping, but it is a very good reason for tipping. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, one last question. This is from Isabella. Uh, can I use deter- a detergent that people leave in the laundry room on campus if nobody is there or seems to actually be using them? I would not um, because people should not leave their personal belongings, including detergent, there. But mistakes do happen. It does get left sometimes. Um, and you wouldn't want someone using something that you had paid for and accidentally left. So I would say, please don't use those unless it is labeled for community use. Yeah, unless, uh, like, I could see a circumstance where you lived in, like, an apartment building where, like, there was somebody who provided dryer sheets or whatever or just put down, or, you know, first day is like, yeah, if you need them, go for it. Mm -hmm. But unless clearly stated or specifically for that reason, it's still taking someone else's stuff that's not yours, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us for another Schmanners episode. Just a reminder, we are going to be on the Joko Cruise at jokocruise.com. Go check it out. It's The lineup so far is amazing, and they're still working on adding new people. Um, jokocruise.com. Join us, won't you? Um, also, I am going to be on uh, Janet Varney's JV Club podcast this Thursday. You can hear me talk about what I was like in high school. It is not safe for work. I use some curse words. Also, I, I talk about the fact that, you know, I was like a kind of a bratty kid when I was 15, 16. Um, but it's turned me into the wonderful human being I am now. <laughs> um, so you can check that out. Uh, let's see. Um as always, thank you to Brent Bruntlefloss Black for our theme music, and that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter avatar art. Um, check out her portfolio. And then for our Schmanners Fanners page on Facebook, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography. Uh, please take a minute to... Uh, Check out all their work. We really appreciate what they've done for us. Also, you can join our Schmanners Fanners group on Facebook. Uh, you can. Uh, you don't join a Twitter group. What do you do? You follow us, follow on, us Twitter. on Twitter. Uh-huh. <laughs> you usually do this one. I know, but you're doing so good. I've been sitting here trying to think of a topic for next week. <gasps> That's what I was going to do. Oh, no. Okay, wait. We're going to take a quick break and figure it out. We'll be right back. Okay, we figured it out. We're back. Next week, we're going to talk about the etiquette and history of baths and showers. So if you have questions, I don't know what those will be right now, but I'm interested to hear them. Uh, you can tweet them at them uh, at us. You can email us. And if you have ideas for topics, you can email us, schmanderscast at gmail.com. And that is going to do it for us this week. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Get it?